The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you longing for a place where hope, ideas, and new ways of thinking can arise? For nearly 50 years, Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, has been a gathering place where world-class teachers provide innovative educational experiences that cultivate extraordinary potential in us all. Join us either on campus or online. To learn more, visit eomega.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our show, being with us. Uh, You're just amazing, dedicated listeners, and we are so grateful and in a place of grace for your commitment. I want to thank you for also sharing our show with so many people like you do. Uh, we, We say it often to each other that there's a big difference between having good intentions and being intentional. And as we're coming on to the going into the full second half of this year, we understand that a lot of people have uh, good intentions uh, to have New Year's resolutions or to feel passionate about being a change agent or a difference maker. But it takes a real intentional spirit to take a stand for what they believe and to um, stay the course. And none other than our amazing guest today, uh, Dr. Denise McDermott, who has dedicated um, her life to speak for those, um, especially the children, in the ways of psychiatry, in, in the ways of honoring people where they are. And I'm just so happy you're here. I just, I love your spirit. I, I love your work. And uh, I just want everybody to know about you. Thank you for being here. Oh, Temple, thank you. And I just want to take a moment. I love the way you started. This is my time here on your show, and I thank you for sharing the sacred space. And I think gratitude, I love the way you just introduced the show because I feel like gratitude for all of us and even teaching our children that that's such an amazing message because it's a vibrational frequency that allows us to be in the space of reaching our highest self. So I'm thankful to be here, and I, for everyone listening, like, the last time I met you, we were, like, dancing, so I feel like we were playing like children the last time I saw you. No, we were. We were. Well, Denise and I, for those of you that are tuning in, that are getting to know perhaps both of us, um, we've had the um, wonderful honor of our work being featured on an app. It's a free app. It was created by Michelle Pascal. And it's called the Mind Dive app, M-I-N-D-D-I-V-E app. It's free. And so uh, specialists like Denise are featured on there. Uh, Our goal is that it's going to be with people all over the world. Uh, Deepak Chopra is on there, uh, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith, uh, some teachers from Harvard, 
of just teaching people uh, the value and, and the importance to how we use our mind, how we use our feelings, and all those kind of things. It's one of the most um, user-friendly apps that that I've ever had, and I love it, and I, I use it actively. But when you and I connected, that's right, we were, you know, we were in L.A., we were at the 360 Dome, and it was like from across the room, it's like, well, dance with me. It was just a beautiful thing. So um, I, I see us having other times in the future uh, when we're being the physical rather than just on the Internet. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel that... Um, Gratitude to me and being aware of the grace is natural medicine. It's uh, medicine that um, our body benefits from in our minds because we align with who we are innately. I think innately we're celebratory beings. I think innately we're like the birds that start the day singing, you know, and um, somewhere with events or experiences or modeling uh, with uh, parenting and other people around that model to children and forget about that aspect of oneself. Um, we, we must need, we need to be introduced to other cultures or people like you or people like Michelle that you're like, you feel like you're in the presence. But yeah, thank you for highlighting that. Gratitude is, is important medicine. Absolutely. And one of my biggest passions, you know, I'm an adult and child board certified psychiatrist. I'm Western medicine trained. But one of the biggest passions and with humility over the years of working with children, teens and adults is bridging science, spirituality and psychiatry. And I think even talking like you could hear in our voice how excited we were to be like, oh my gosh, we met dancing. And I think there's this unseen energy exchange that the Western world, you know, the material science is now awakening and realizing that there's the post-material science, which is the unseen energy exchange of vibrational frequencies of love, of gratitude, prayer, intention. And I love this show. In fact, I tuned in when I was swimming this morning. I, this is how I'm a part of my awareness process. I, I pray when I swim, and I think, oh, my goodness, I feel like a little kid in a candy shop. I get to talk with Temple today and meet all of you. <laughs> and I, I said, how cool. I love the name of your show because I said a prayer that, Yes, I met Temple in person, dancing. I was introduced by way of being at an event that was so sacred with, with Michelle Pascal's vision. And now I get to enjoy this time. And I think that is being in this moment now, being intentional of this moment. And I think part of great mental health, and I spoke about this, I, I spoke about this in a couple lectures, and one lecture we're going to talk about when I was over in India, but awareness, Self-love and altruism are core ingredients for all of us to thrive and be in alignment with being our own best friend or if you want to say our highest Christ consciousness or inner Buddha. And so I just want to say thank you for having me right here and right now in this moment of shared sacred space. Mm. It's, it's, truly a, it's truly a pleasure and you know, with with what you're talking about with awareness and self-love and, and being in alignment, and that's why, you know, the word intentional is, is so important um, because it's, it's likened to 
you know, because people will say, oh, are you saying we never have any challenges or are you saying we don't ever have any problems? No, that's not what we're saying. Um, like you were in the pool this morning and you were future seeing already an event that was coming in the future and you had this energy around it and you kind of laser beam like that's my arrival place and I feel the feelings as if I'm living there right now. That's why time is such a thing. But the other aspect of that is like it's like one getting into a car and saying in two hours I want my car to arrive at this address that I'm giving GPS. Well, you have the choice to wander here or there, or you could go through different mood feelings and changes and just go, you know, I'm just going to park over here all day. <laughs> but if you choose to be intentional, you will follow the way that is given with that direction, and you will continue to move towards that direction rather than, see, I told you, you know, <laughs> this isn't working. Um because to have great intentions is wonderful, but to continue to carry them through. It's like some students that take uh, courses from me, you know, and they say, well, I, I started teaching, um, you know, two weeks ago, Reverend Temple and only seven people came. And so I don't feel like it's mine to do. And I said, I started my first work with seven people, you know, but if you're intentional, you keep showing up. And I imagine your path has been shape-shifted like that as well. How did you become specialized in your work, Denise? In which, specialized with regard to child psychiatry or yes. spiritual Yes, well, you, you do so much, you know, to speak on things that affect the mind and mental awareness and did you like uh, admire other people that went in the kind of profession that you did or did, it, did you stumble upon it or oh, how, did really, you, really how are you shaped? So, this is really interesting so I think this is really apropos to tuning in and listening to our inner voice so when I was a if I can go back when I was five years old I remember thinking I want to be a doctor I always loved helping others, but then I always challenged that along the way. Like even in undergraduate, I made sure I was a teaching assistant for genetics and molecular biology. I had this inner knowing at a very young age what I was going to do, but I wanted to make sure I backed it up. So my, my awareness process has been pretty innate when I look back and reflect. It's like you have that inner knowing, which when you're connected, we're, as children, we're so close to source. So I had that inner knowing, but then... You know, I was raised in the Midwest, from in the Chicago area, very loving family, down to earth, what you see is what you get, and kindness and morality. And there was Christianity, but it was more of a spiritual upbringing of doing the right thing. And so what really sort of shaped me along the way is a combination of logic plus intuition and then discernment. And so when I was in medical school, I didn't go into medical school thinking, oh, I'm going to be an adult and child psychiatrist. I thought, oh, I'm going to be open to what comes my way. And so what shaped me into going into the mental health field was listening to my inner voice. Like when I was doing my surgery rotation, my internal medicine, my pediatrics temple, what happened was there'd be these situations where you've got your little white doctor coat, you've got the short coat when you're in med school and you graduate to the longer one, you go in and you were learning. And what happened is I would end up asking questions to people that I would come out and they're like, what? You found out that he's 
drinking alcohol. He's an alcoholic. That's why he lost all the weight. So what happened was I just followed my path on every medical school rotation. And like a little girl, we didn't know why she had a stomach ache. And then I went in there and she told me she'd just moved from Africa and she was getting bullied because her skin was darker than the other kids. And then she told me she had tried to kill herself. And so Temple, what happened was organically through medical school, I kept being gravitated towards the emotional and the mental health piece of helping others. And I can tell you more about my current spiritual like evolution of integrating that into my current practice. But I listened to when I look back, it was such a great question that you asked is I listened I listened to my inner voice and there was even judgment. I think mental health and psychiatry and neuroscience and consciousness is so much quote unquote sexier now. But when I was in medical school going through my rotations, I was getting really good grades in surgery and ER. And when I said I was going into psychiatry, people thought I kind of like was like that was a soft science and that that wasn't important. And so I decided I don't really care. This is what I'm naturally inclined to do. And it's like a natural gift from my higher power. I can I can let you know a little bit more about how things have morphed in my current career, but that's a good start at what even got me into psychiatry. I love that. I mean, and there's a there's a statement, and and you'll love it, and you'll probably use it, and it, it's not mine, um, but it's uh, when children start out in life and they're you know entering into school, they're one big question mark, but by the time they finish, they they're already a period. You know, I I can't do this because of period. Uh, My mom said I won't ever be able to amount to this because of period. And I I love that that you've stated that you developed your entire work by asking the questions because we we, we do that in our society, don't we? we? We either shy away from what makes us feel uncomfortable, like psychiatric mental health issues. A lot of people just don't want to look at it because it's like, you know, it's like if I don't look at it, then it doesn't make it real. Um, or uh, the inability to ask questions like rather than just treating the symptom. And um, and, and you're, you're doing so much ab- about that. So please, yes, go on and tell us then from there um, how you have moved forward in your work to speak at the, the Dalai Lama conference. And uh, it's just great what you're doing. Keep sharing. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I respect you, and I want to hear about your work, too. In fact, that's one of the things I just love. One of my biggest passions is I get so fulfilled when I see another soul thrive. And so I've always had a wellness, not an illness perspective to health and well-being. And that was what was a little bit challenging for me in medical school because so much of the Western world, even the word choices are like almost like nails on the chalkboard for me, like the word disorder. <laughs> I know, I know like the linear language is so precise, but there's shades of gray. And so I've always been attuned with wellness thinking and reframing things. And then I formally ended up studying it, but it was kind of naturally how I thought. In fact, growing up, I grew up in the Chicago area. All my friends would call me, and I don't know if you remember Ann Landers. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom and my mom's like, oh, our little Ann Landers. And so I always was naturally wanting to see people like work through relationship issues or be the happiest version of themselves. And so I went on, I did my undergraduate at Creighton, which is a Jesuit in- 
University. I did my medical school there. And then I went on to do my adult psychiatry at Emory University and my child psychiatry at UCLA. Now, those are great big ticket names, and I'm, I'm doing that for a reason in the sense that I had that Western academic training, but with this influence of the Midwest and with humility and kindness and good character. So that was like the foundation of like the way I thought about like say hi to your neighbor. When you smile, you know, you really mean it. And so my professional career evolved. I decided after my child psychiatry at UCLA, I decided that I was going to do some work up in residential treatment facilities. I did some moonlighting up in prison systems at Emory. I don't know if you're familiar, but Emory is just a fantastic training place. We get exposed to Grady Memorial. We have the county. We have the VA hospital. So I feel like I had an incredible very with humility and grace, incredible training, not because of the names of the universities, but because the types of experiences. I was able to have cross-sections of society from, uh, you know, very affluent to people who were living in poverty. And so I think that shaped a lot of, like, the way I am and the way I practice as a doctor. And then I decided, I'm just so you know, from a neutrality standpoint, whether it's prayer, good nutrition, exercise, medicine, good friendships, charitable acts, my mind as a doctor always looked at things as tools in the toolbox. I didn't look at things like, here comes a person, like let's say you were coming to see me, Temple. I look at you as Temple, not like a patient that's going to be having this disorder, Okay. Right. And or so, a recent study or, or statistics. And that's one of our biggest issues, isn't it? It's like my teacher um, forever ago when I was in my 20s, when I was in ministerial school, said, you don't ever want to be average because the average is the worst of the best and the best of the worst. You know, who wants to be average? And And a lot of these things are based upon just statistics rather than the individuation of what is possible from one person. I mean, when we look at, I don't know if you know her, I imagine you do. Um, Temple Grandin, are you familiar with her at all? Yes. Okay. I mean, how powerful that she had, she was a statistic, right? She was a individual with autism that they didn't even understand it at the time. She was special. And yet with the environment and the culture and the the work that she went on to do, she really she has transformed a lot of the animal science behavior. I mean, to me those kind of things are so fascinating. <laughs> I just I get so excited because um It's not that I'm anti-medication or anything like that. I think it's like you're saying, it's a balance. You know, it's about balance. And um, I admire that so much about yourself, that you go, you're looking at the bigger picture of the completeness of an individual, not just a, a diagnosis. Oh, absolutely. And I have to tell you, One of the reasons why I went into private practice, I didn't want to go work for someone where they told me, you have this many minutes, you're going to have to just like, like almost like write a prescription. And so one, I live in the South Bay in California. And one of the reputations I have is that Dr. Denise isn't over like an over prescriber. She takes a holistic approach. And so people know right off the bat that if 
my intention would be for someone to reach their highest level of mental health. And I, I want to kind of give you my own spiritual growth that I've had in the last, I'd say, seven or eight years. But my even the very day one of starting my private practice, I wanted to know everything about the person. I wanted to know about their sports. I wanted to know what made them tick, their family dynamics. And so I feel like that was I had incredible training, but I love the essence of someone's soul. And I wasn't looking at someone as, like, sometimes in order to, to be a good doctor, especially if, like, let's say you're a neurosurgeon or an oncologist, you have to have a certain level of disconnect in order to sometimes not take on all the feelings. And so I'm a natural, I know that this is, like, the right show to talk about this, but I'm a natural empath, mm-hmm. and so I feel other people's feelings. Now, I didn't know that term of who I was, like, like from the spiritual, like knowing of that term until probably like 10 years ago. But I just naturally have been an empath my whole life and I get premonitions and we'll talk about that, how that's all evolved. So the way I view a person is from a holistic view and always has been, but then my spiritual path, and maybe we can talk more about like how I landed in India and how you and I are on this show together and what I intend to do. So like the evolution of who I am as a person, as a mother, and as a doctor has to do with like an open-mindedness and like Mm -hmm. a love of others, like just that simple. And just as you use your daily practice of intuitiveness, listening, awareness of, of feelings, already seeing a person as whole rather than sick and ill, because it, that makes such a difference, doesn't it? It's, it's like if, if we go into a room we, and we look at the room at large and what it can be, we might tune into a piece of furniture or two that needs to be changed or the color on the wall may need to be different. But if we walk into a room and go, well, nothing works in here, then that's what we see. So it's really beautiful in your perspective. And it, it seems that in the way that you've, lived as an individual you've just also you're you're walking that by allowing it to shape shift uh, your career and and what you continue to do um in your life towards a greater good of of humanity how did um you can i just express gratitude really quickly mm-hmm. yes your words and what you just said are so profound mm-hmm. in the sense that when someone walks into my office, and this is for all of us, like I see that person, like there's so much shame often of coming in to see a psychiatrist. And I think there's an energy exchange that people feel from me that I find value in them in the greatest times of suffering. And I give people permission to just say what they need to, but they feel like I already see their, like, my one of my gifts is that I see people in their highest soul alignment right away. Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of tune in, and then I listen to them, and I use my, my, my Western medicine understanding to ask the right questions. But then that other part I utilize, and what you just said, that takes the shame away, and it makes someone feel more comfortable so we can get rid of the stigma of going to ask for help. Well, and the the bigger part of that, too, is because you're holding the space like that, then the answers you get are going to be coming from a higher vibration that lead to not only short-term healing, but permanent healing. And that's um, what's so important is to get messages like yours out there 
because uh, a lot of people in practice and or in therapeutic practices, they there's not the space for that more than likely because they haven't allowed that space within their own lives, you see. But when we have that capacity to hold the wholeness for another individual with anything that we prescribe or share, it's coming from that intentional, here's where we're going to arrive. So it has a completely different vibration. And I I like to say that uh, what we all do in our work is we are we are validators you know we're the divine validators and and it don't you find in your in your work that the the biggest thing you can give somebody in addition to of course the expertise is to validate i get you i see you uh i hold this space for you it's so freeing for people I, I think it just opens up a whole new door for their heart and for their healing. Absolutely. And when you said validators, what tagged with our interchange and how you and I are having this lovely conversation is I also let people know that we're all channels. Mm-hmm. And so what I let people know, because in the Western world, in the external material sense of understanding, like your temple and I'm Denise, right? Or your Reverend Hayes, and I'm Dr. Denise. However, when I'm with someone in a room, I take that feeling like they know I'm a doctor, they know I came, but I don't, I want them to come from a sense of empowerment, that they made the choice to facilitate their own health and well-being by coming. And so I really take time to pause because I like people to feel their own sense of empowerment and their own self-healing, because sometimes people give too much power over to a spiritual leader or over to a doctor. And I look at myself as a facilitator of health and well-being, but that we all have our own inner higher self where we can find the tools by choosing to go to someone. So I make sure people come, remember that, it's, that they have their own power within that they made their own choice, that they wanted to feel better, they wanted to confide in myself or a spiritual leader. And I integrate spirituality. And so I think it's a big, it's a very defining, because sometimes people just go to an appointment and, like, they're looking for the external, like the prescription or the doctor's going to do it for me, instead of realizing that it's all an integrative plan, it's collaborative, it's a mind exchange, it's an energy exchange. And so I set that sacred space for healing, and I agree we all want to be validated, the validators, but I think you were meaning, you were, that word took on a very, like, a very even more powerful meaning than that, and that's what came to mind. Mm, Absolutely, because it's about supporting the person to mirror back to them what they have, and that's that's the beauty of it. For those of you that are tuning in, go to drdenisemd.com. DrDeniseMD.com. She has amazing blogs, videos. There's a wealth of information for you. And be sure to come back. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Thank you for being with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. 
This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Iyanla Van Zandt, taken from a Celebrate Your Life event in Phoenix, Arizona. The universe is not going to wait for you. And if you keep talking yourself out of what you're told to do because of your negative self-talk or the crazy you inherited, somebody else is going to pick up on the idea. How many times have you been told to do something and you start figuring out the how? But the philosopher Nietzsche told us if you've got a strong enough what, the how will be provided. The way you do the things that the universe is calling you to do is don't ask how. When you get the instruction, just start moving. Everything else will show up for you. To find a Celebrate Your Life event near you, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and her team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting transformative events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself, October 31st to November 4th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Explore your spirituality and open your mind to some new ideas. These events are awesome soul fests that heal and transform. Log on to CelebrateYourLife.com to find out more. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, One drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, Reverend Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week, you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're tuning in now, I would like you to go to drdenisemd.com, drdenisemd.com. She has blogs. She has all different kind of things regarding wellness and wholeness. And you're going to be like I was, just like wanting to read one one of her stories and her sharing after another. Um, also, I just want to give a shout out to Dia Shandere Hunter, who is uh, one of the greatest publicists uh, out there ever. She's amazing. 
And she has introduced a core of us uh, through the years. And we're very grateful because now Dr. Denise, myself, Deepak Chopra, uh, Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith, uh, Gabrielle Wright, um, many of us have the good pleasure of being on the Mind Dive app. It's a free app. You can download it on your phone. And it is wonderful about meditation, neuroscience, psychiatry, spirituality, different simplistic ways of meditation, uh, processes. There's uh, original work by Deepak Chopra about the brain and how it works. So you don't want to miss out on that. So download the app and start to enjoy it. So uh, Dr. Denise, we were talking before break. And we were kind of all curious about your path from doing the work that you've done, but then you started um, being moved towards India. Uh, I'm sure there's a story there. Tell us what what occurred. Well, so a couple things. So we sort of laid the foundation of always thinking from a wellness perspective and not an illness perspective. And what I believe is that we all have layers, portals of awareness. And so I believe as we go through different life challenges, it's our chance to sort of level up, meaning have greater awareness, higher levels of consciousness. So I think when I went through, there'd be a book title called Infertility, Infertility, Infidelity, Infinite Possibilities. um, That's my own story. I had infertility, and then my first husband, who I've forgiven, I I think dearly of him, there was some infidelity. But then that opened, because it's all the way you want to think about things from an intentional standpoint. It opened infinite possibilities. So I was already functioning at a highly empathic level, but I think my own intuition, or if you want to say psychic awareness, but I prefer just awareness, because it's a more mind-opening statement, because I think there's certain words that can close our mind. And so what happened was, Temple, I started, number one, I adopted my son at birth, and that's its own beautiful story that might even be for another show. But what, as my own portals of awareness happened, I started attracting different things. So this ties in with how I ended up in India. So in 2011, I had someone come see me that is highly intuitive and wanted me to see their child. And so then I started thinking, you know, there's all different levels of vibrational frequencies. And so I went on the path of being like this kind of beyond universe geek, like reading Judith Orloff, reading, you know, quantum physics, Minos Kafatos, Deepak Chopra. Like, how do I bridge? Because in the Western world, if someone's hearing voices or they're having premonitions or they might be a child of a high-level medium, I didn't want to misdiagnose and, like, put, like, the label of schizophrenia. And so I started to do, like, a deeper dive into all the bridge between science, spirituality, and psychiatry. And so with that being said, then my own levels of, like, awareness, premonitions, tagging, it just kind of opened up. And so I was at this amazing, like, I don't know, in 2015, the Dalai Lama was here in Orange County celebrating his 80th birthday, and I was on Facebook in the spring going, oh, I need to go to that. Like, my own awareness was like, I just kind of follow my inner voice. So I went to two days of His Holiness birthday celebration, one day with my son's father and the other day with my dear friend that's a high-level medium. We share an office together, my sister and another dear friend. And so Temple, it was really, really beautiful. The actual celebration of His Holiness birthday included all these Nobel Peace winners 
that we're just sharing, like, how we all have the power. Like, we all have the power to be in our highest level of, like, success or highest Christ consciousness, Buddha awareness. And so I'm in the, in the, that during that day, I got this, like, you're going to India. It wasn't like, I want to go to India. It was, you're going to India. And when I saw His Holiness light up, and it was so sweet, it was the Agape Children's Choir, and you could feel the energy of His Holiness, like His smile is already bright, but when those children came on stage, the whole I could feel it, because some of my levels of awareness are clear knowing, clear feeling, lightning, like those goosebumps or god bumps and so then i'm like oh my goodness i need i'm going to be doing something like i'm already a child psychiatrist but i know i'm doing something with the children something in india and so then four months later i got this invite doctors and you we all get these invites and sometimes i just open up my mail and toss it in the trash well i got this you're invited to this compassion and action event with lama tenzin chagall who's a buddhist monk and dr sunny whedon who's this amazing neuropsychologist so I went to this event, and it was going to be a blessing of our work. This is like four months after His Holiness' birthday party. So I went to this event, heard about Lama Tenzin Chagall rescuing children off the Himalaya mountains that are you know, in a different caste system and asking their parents' permission to educate them. In Temple, at that moment, when I was sharing space with Lama Tenzin and Dr. Whedon here in L.A. in this small, intimate group, I got another vision that I saw myself in a room with a bunch of Buddhist monks and, you know, that I was going to be going to India. So fast forward 2016, Dr. Whedon was talking on depression and she invited me for the first time to go to India to listen to her. And I went with Lama Tenzin. I went to the orphanage. And then fast forward to now, I was asked last spring, I spoke at the Tibetan Medical Society. It's called Mensing Kong. And I spoke on nurturing children's mental health. And so I, there's so much more to it. I'm going to let you, you know, ask me anything you want. But it was an intuitive process. It was, it was starting with greater portals of awareness. There was the intellectual pursuit of the scientific method. There was a desire to bridge intuition. There was a desire not to over-diagnose or over-prescribe. And then I just followed my own awareness path, and that's what led me to lecturing at His Holiness Body Mind Life Conference last fall. Wow. That is so powerful and so, so impressive. And the whole experience also with your son has transformed so much of your work as well, hasn't it? Yes. In fact, one of the things I started out my nurturing children's mental health, I started the presentation with gratitude. And my son, I feel for all of us, we travel throughout time with people in, in our like tribes of who we're going to have the highest life lessons from. And I truly believe that our children are our biggest teachers and that we get matched up prior to lifetimes. And my own son, by the way, my infertility is like the biggest gift. I, it's, you know, of course I had to go through the suffering and pain of feeling like, oh, the loss of my own biological child. But if you see a picture of my son and I and just how we connect, there's a vibrational frequency that it was so meant to be. And my own son, um, he's highly intuitive, empathic. You know, I, I 
let him sort of say, what do you think mom's feeling? Like, I've taught him about energy. And I don't want to use, I'm very much not into putting labels from a diagnostic. I'm all about using the word neurostyle, which I've talked on my shows about. And the way I define neurostyle is that we all process and perceive information in our own unique way. It's a very non-stigmatizing, I sort of, like when I looked at the neurodiversity movement and I looked at everything I've learned from reading Deepak, spiritual leaders, quantum physics, going and training in remote viewing, I'm trying to come up with terms that are the most neutral, so they're the most healing terms. And so the word neurostyle is something I love. And my son's neurostyle is highly active, very engaging, can be expansive, can be, you know, he doesn't love school, but he's verbally gifted. And, you know, he has his own individual education plan. And he is just a doll. I mean, he's 10 years old. He, right now, for everyone listening, in order to help balance out his neurostyle, we do meditation and mindfulness in the jacuzzi at my, in my complex. He's training in something called Kung Flow, which I'll have to send you a video. You're just going to love it. He's training in something that's based on 3,000-year-old ancient Egypt warrior training. He does it once a week. And his teacher, Ryan Parks, has big plans. He's, he's actually done gang diversion, done corporate workshops. So it's like a moving meditation. And so my own son, this is where I feel like I'm really walking the walk because not only Am I an adult and child psychiatrist that had seen 40,000 patients? I'm raising this amazing soul that's high energy, highly intuitive and empathic to be aware and also, like, embrace his gifts. So he, like, knows he's very active, but I try not to judge it. And so since he's been doing Kung Flow, since right before I left for India, um, he has won awards at school for being inclusive, breaking up bullying at school, he so the moving meditation that he does weekly and then practices daily also comes with life lessons about being aligned with the light and being aligned with dark and he's so he's learning spiritual lessons in our home and with his teacher and then he's applying those at school and so you can tell by the tone of my voice like i have so much joy of being my son's mom like i'm just like i'm in tears actually like i he he Tumble, he said the cutest thing to me last week. We we had fraud committed on our family last year, and I'm, I'm handling it with grace and dignity. And he was so sweet. He goes, Mom, make sure you meditate on gratitude before you go to bed so you don't think of the fraud that happened to us. I mean, isn't that precious? <laughs> oh, that is so precious. Oh, it's, it's, it's transformative, isn't it? I, I don't have any uh, biological children, but a little girl uh, a year and a half ago walked up to me in our spiritual community, and she literally picked me as her person. Aww. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm her favorite teddy bear. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm her like favorite person. And it's not that I need to be anybody's favorite, you understand, but it's so apparent. You know, she she walks around the grounds here, walks around our entire almost block until she finds me. And if people come up and they go to say hello, she's three and they go to tell me hello, like, hello, Reverend Dr. Temple. How are you? She goes, my temple. 
my temple. And it, and at first, you know, some of the staff and <clears throat> other ministers were saying, you know, this is so interesting. I said, well, if we lived in the East, we wouldn't think this was interesting. She's just picked me. You know, I'm the one that she's picked. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, her, I'm her teacher, but more importantly, she's mine. And it's, um, I get it. I, I get, I get you and, and, and what you're talking about. And, and we're able to see, you know, really right in front of us, the raw, the, the thriving life that can be truly transformed with the, um, the right environment, with the right love, uh, nutrition, conversation, space, tools, techniques. And that's, that's why your work is so important is to, to put it out there that we've got to do better. We've, we've got to do more than just treating a symptom with, uh, just medication. Sometimes, yes, that's the direction. Sometimes it could be temporary. Sometimes it could be less than, but we all get that sometimes it has its value, but it's not, it, it needs to be focused. If, if I'm summing up your whole conversation is about, it's more about living in the questions than it is the immediacy of giving an answer. That's very, yes, very, and, that's and I'm glad very, you kind very of powerful. Circled back. Cause like when I had to go to India, they wanted the Western medicine perspective of nurturing children's mental health. And so I talked about in the Western medicine training, you go biological, psychological, social, but then I bridged the discussion with the spiritual piece. So I talked about material science of, of course, we want an anti-inflammation diet. We want to have adequate sleep. We want to create a good day by having a positive, intentional, starting our day with gratitude like we blessed our call today and doing that throughout the day because then you stay in a happier space when you're focusing on the moment of now and what you're grateful for. And then I talked about biological reasons for depression. You know, of course, there's ADHD, depression, mania, but that doesn't mean you don't ever neglect the spiritual being. So, so much of the Western medicine when I was in training, didn't we didn't integrate discussions of the soul. And so when people are coming to see me, I've made the decision on my website to, to really branch out. I've now like got over 100,000 followers on all my media platforms with this intention to change the way we think, talk, and act about all things to do with mental health. And so when I was in India, I integrated, like, how do you, like, Temple, when someone comes to you or someone comes to me, we also have to meet that individual soul right where they're at and what they're asking for. It's like a law of the universe. And so one of the things that I do that's unique is I tune in before my clients come and I, you know, sort of bless the session and I do my Western medicine, of course, and then I connect with them. And then depending on their age, time, and when it's appropriate, I will ask, like, what are your beliefs about the soul? And I know when to do that and when not to do that. And then that helps open up other doors of spiritual healing. And I would love for all of us in the world, and this is why I love the Mind Dive app and Deepak Chopra and what you're doing and all the different people, is we need to teach our children at a very, very young age how to find their levels of awareness. And I use that word because it's such an open word, meaning in the moment of now. And like if someone doesn't have a religious belief system or the, even the word spiritual is almost like a hot potato word for them, you say to someone, how can you be your own best friend? 
Because when you're being your own best friend, you're taking care of yourself. You're nurturing your mind, body, and soul. And so that is one of my biggest passions of launching the Dr. Denise brand. I'm going to be relaunching my podcast. I'll have to have you on. And I have been very, very fortunate to do different things. I've got a couple projects that are coming up that I want to share with you. But I think what I really wanted to make the point is the way we think talk and act influences our mental health and well-being and our physical well-being. And so that unseen energy exchange is a very important part of health that we need to integrate in, in a way that meets our audience because everyone has a different viewpoint on if there's a higher power or not. And so I like the idea of a universal mindfulness and integrative mental health and using words like neurostyle and giving people permission to allow themselves to share that they suffer at times so that it's not taboo. And with that, we're going to have a higher vibrational frequency and more love and light for all of us. Absolutely. I I love that statement. We are healed by what we turn towards rather than what we turn away from. And that was, uh, you know, somewhat in alignment with, with what I was referring to earlier is that uh, for uh, a few years I had, back in my 20s, I had major uh, TMJ and mm-hmm. probably the majority of it was stress and a lot of things. But regardless, I had TMJ. And in Miami, they said it was like one of the worst cases. And so I went to several different practitioners and I would say, I feel like I have a throbbing from my foot to my jaw and it throbs and it pulsates all the time. And they would say, well, that's not possible. Well, see, if I had told someone like you, you would have said, tell me more. Yes. Or, or you would have and said. And I would have looked at your that, spiritual. That I would have asked you very what difficult clients you were healing. Or, or, you say, probably, or you would have asked me, well, why are you gritting your teeth? Or are you, are you holding back in your communication in any way? We would have talked about a lot of different things, but I would get, no, that's not possible. And then I said, I feel like I have like a, some kind of medicine or something like in the roof of my mouth. And they would go, well. We don't know what you're talking about, but that's not possible. And so along the way, I walk into this place called Sanctuary Chiropractic, if you can imagine. And that, like you, that's the way my life has always worked. But I walk into this place (laughs) and I've known the guy, you know, a minute. You know, I filled out 15 sheets of paper, but he's never read anything. And he, he looks at me and he goes, um... I see the problem right away. You have a cord that pulsates from your jaw to your foot, and it's like it pulsates all the time, right? Oh, it must be unbearable. And you have like this, you have something in the roof of your mouth. Does it? Do you have a taste in the in the roof? Of your, I mean, and it was like I knew in that moment that I would be better, you know, because somebody could see me, and um, and that's that part that is so so beautiful. And I I love that you're creating this whole uh, work called neurostyle because it's 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 personal uh it it fits it's it's rather than cookie cutter it's it's designed for the expansiveness of of a person i i want also to urge people to go to the website because i would like them to receive the complimentary mindfulness prescription audio that you have and I mean that sounds really exciting too you just have so much stuff we just must do another program (laughs) no absolutely and with intention it's amazing how you just let different things evolve because I feel like really fortunate that Dia Shandera 
introduced us and that we know each other through Michelle Pascal, but then these are all bridge discussions and there's overlaps. And I think that coming up with neutral and highly aware, it gives people permission to be well and to be open-minded. Like even the word psychiatry, people are like, oh my goodness, like, oh my gosh, she's going to analyze me. She's going to like throw me on a prescription. And I think that if we come from a place of healing, like you probably tune in before you work with clients and I want other people, I'd like people to set the intention of seeing themselves healed before they come into an appointment. Can you imagine the power of how much faster someone can go on their path to wellness, right? Oh, amazing. Yes, absolutely. So I want those kind of integrated universal truths to just be known, right? It's like the bridging of East meets West would be like mm-hmm. fantastic. And so so on a really fun note, I have like the honor of being in the Mind Dive app, being on shows like this. Um, I was just asked by this uh, PR company in New York that represents Alomi, which is this lingerie brand, which I know sounds like, oh my gosh, Dr. Denise, what are you talking about now? But they asked me to do a 30-step challenge for women, like a women's empowerment. So it's a very high-level marketing thought process. So I made sure I didn't want, because my whole brand's about service and bridging, that it wasn't going to be so product-like on my site. So I had a big talk and had to use discernment. But I'm really excited, Temple, because this company is really wanting to have tools to give women. So I talk about gratitude, digital detox, some of the things I would from a mental health perspective or even things you would tell people, right? The spiritual, like the bridging of our collectiveness. So I'm getting the message out in creative ways. And then I just wrote for um, this magazine called Rebound that was in all the March Madness magazine. Um, It's it's something that this amazing woman named Susan Sember, she's really, she, I guess, does documentaries on raising awareness about the environment, and she's doing a movie called Beyond the Game so that athletes can have a great transition. So the reason why I'm sharing these different projects that I'm involved in is that we're all part of one humanity and one love, and just like you can reach people of all ages, so can I, and I think we need to get positive messages about mental health and well-being out in many different creative ways because people are going to hear the message where they're at, and I think it's really important that we meet people where they're at when we're trying to be influencers in the world. Absolutely. No no doubt about it, because it just continues to spread. And, you know, for so many years, how long have all of us been saying that, you know, the the world, we're all one? I, I like to say, if the world is round, why take sides? So it only makes mm-hmm. sense that the Eastern and Western would come together and learn how to walk hand in hand, doesn't it? It's part of something intentionally we put into motion or that has been into motion for a long, long time. I, I, to me, we're living in the most exciting time that I know for me that I've ever lived in and it just gets better, you know, all the, all the time I have, when you talk about thriving, I, I love that. And for, you know, so many years I would say, you know, uh, God is good. And then I, I, I raised that up to say, God is amazing. Life is amazing, you know, or higher power or whatever one believes in. It is absolutely amazing. And I think when we 
when we say things like that and we put it into motion, that template, that moving forward, then we see more and more of that as being true and, and being real in our in our lives. I'm I'm so grateful, um, Denise, for all that you do for the for the children. They are the ones that need voices like you um, to make uh, such a difference. And it's so powerful. I, I, I think of sometimes along the way in spiritual community when parents have come to me and said, you know, my child just received this diagnosis and, and they're autistic. And I would say, tell me more. You know, tell me more. Let's learn more. Let's look at more. Um, let's go to different specialists and, and, and Chinese herb doctors and other people. Broaden your education and know all these things before you, you, you in your mind have a memory of some type of worst case scenario word. Find out more. Um, because inherently what you're telling me is your child is immensely gifted. And that's the truth. <laughs> you know what I I want to say that isn't aligned those long, like from a scientific science meets spirit is I believe that the souls that are being born on earth right now have a higher vibrational frequency and a different level of awareness. And so that's why we're having more anxiety, depression, and autism because we have to take into fact that we're evolving as a species spiritually and so I integrate that concept of what's their level of awareness? Why does someone have anxiety or depression? What are they picking up on? And I did a really great talk with my dear friend and office mate, Jennifer Schaefer, who is an award-winning medium, and we've done some workshops together. She's working with the FBI and doing an app and has solved homicide cases. But we did a show about mindful awareness and a quantum, mindful awareness, love, and a quantum universe. Wow, you know, it, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling um, sad. <laughs> oh, our show is complete. Everyone, go to Dr. Denise MD and let's make proper arrangements. Please get in touch with the producer and let's have you back on. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.